Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to the Made Remarkable podcast, hosted by Kelly Wynn. In today's episode, Kelly is talking with the brave and bold Brooke Henry to discuss the transformative power of creativity and the journey of entrepreneurship. Brooke shares her insights on embracing vulnerability, fostering creativity, and building an inclusive community through her art and business endeavors. From shifting mindsets to manifesting through action, she dives into her inspiring journey and some of the challenges that she's had to face along the way. Check out the show notes and transcripts for more information about Brooke, exclusive promotional offers, and any special links mentioned during the episode. Kelly loves connecting with listeners, so don't be shy. Reach out on social media and together let's build a community that celebrates the remarkable. If you want to be notified every time a new episode hits the airwaves, just hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining us today and always remember that you are made remarkable, destined to achieve the unimaginable. Now, let's get to the good part. Introducing Kelly Wynn and Brooke Henry. Well, hello, hello. I'm Kelly Wynn, artist, author, mentor, fiercely independent mother and wife, and the founder of a multiple six-figure creative business. And I love my life, but I've been where you're at. I was slogging away at this art business thing for more than a decade. But once I finally connected with my true calling, unlocked the magic of marketing, and built a system that could scale, well, I realized I could make an impact and make a substantial income. I'm finally running a business that I love and it makes all the difference in the world. My biggest dream is to help you do the same. Let this podcast be the catalyst to your biggest success. You already have it in you because you are made remarkable. All right, we're doing this, Brooke. Welcome to Hello. the <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> I am great. And this is your second time actually being on the podcast because I had you on when we were doing the Virtual Arts Summit earlier this year and I was in interviewing my guest artists. Now you're yeah. more than just a guest artist for Virtual Arts Summit. You're kind of in the inner circle now, <laughs> if we can <laughs> call that with the Remarkable League. And thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> yes. Well, let's be honest. I'm fine with just flat out saying this. I kind of convinced you to do this because I saw such a huge spark in you, Brooke. And it wasn't for me to have more people in my program. It was because I was like, she just has so much potential and she hasn't even really thought about how much potential she has. So we got on a call after you'd started doing all the virtual art summit stuff. And it was like, there was a spark, a connection with us. We related, even though, you know, there's an age difference. There's no doubt about that, but th we just have a lot in common and we understood each other and you saw, I, I mean, there just a shift happened. So that's why we're here to talk about who you are now versus who you were a year ago when I first contacted you. It's incredible for me to think about who I was then versus who I am now. And first off, I have to say thank you. Thank you for convincing me. Thank you for telling me you need to be in this program. And it was a connection on a human level 
that took me over the top. It was a, she sees me for who I am and who, not even who I am, who I could be. And I felt that such to my core that it was like, she's not after me for my money. She's not after me for a spot in a seat to fill. And once I felt that, it was a 100% yes from me. So it was that conversation, that one-on-one that just took me over the top. And I'm full confidence <laughs> to say that. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad for that. And you are right because though I need money to keep growing my business, otherwise I'm not going to have a business. I really truly like in my gut, my goal is to just see people like you, women, especially women creatives that are just like so full of potential. I just want to see that you like explode onto the stage if you will so we had a good connection and I definitely still see so much potential you've made so many huge shifts and changes but the potential of where also where it can go is just really exciting well and I think that's a great point of money is important we need it we need it to put food on the table but it's about having the right people along with you along the way. When you have those right people around you, whether it's in your classes, whether it's buying your product, their lives will change. And then that's a ripple effect down. Now the people that I'm helping, I can see that ripple effect. So you should feel really good about yourself because you're the catalyst. So thank you so much. Yes. So I think it just goes to prove for everybody. Yes. We want thousands of people taking our programs. We want this. And hopefully one day that will be the case. But if we start really just putting ourselves out there and showing that vulnerable side, because it did take some vulnerability on your part to come and say, Brooke, I want you in the program. And for me to say, no, it might've hurt a little bit, but that's okay. Not that I'm a big, whatever, (laughs) but anytime you put yourself out there to be vulnerable, there's a chance people will say no, that they don't want it. Well, we have to keep doing it. We have to, (laughs) because once you have those right people around you, you, oh, there's a reason we do what we do because we can feel that change for others too. Right. And you're mm-hmm. doing that now. And I think that was a really important point you made. It's like, okay, I'm going to put myself out here. And for the last couple of years, that's what I've been doing. I'm like, I really am very passionate about helping other people. And I've done it in other modes and modalities before with art courses. But, you know, for from a very young age, it was like, how can I like get people to think different and more excited about their life and about what they're doing. And I've been passionate about business since I was young. I mean, I look back and it was like, I love teaching. I love business. I love art. Okay. So this was a perfect storm, Mm -hmm. but I was also in some ways like you, who am I to do this? Right. But then Mm -hmm. when you step back and you're like, but if I don't do it, then other people won't have the chance to make a difference as well. And so once I removed the ego out of it, because that's really ego who says, I have imposter syndrome or who am I to do this? When you remove that to say, but who am I not? If I don't do it, then other people won't be able to get the benefit of the gift that I have. Maybe you could say that a gift, a passion, a love that I have that I know that I can change. And then, like you said, it's the ripple effect. 
Mm. And that's, that's the part that's unbelievable to me. I'm like, okay, and then what? And then what? And then how many more lives change? And then how many more people are filled with joy of creativity, of community, of connection, of just their own mindset shifts that they are capable of doing the thing? Oh, and that's been a huge mindset shift too of you're not doing it just for you. You have something to share with the world. We all do. And that ripple effect is such an amazing thing because half the time, probably more than half, we're not seeing those ripples. It's people coming to us later or never coming to us saying, you don't even know what you've done for me. You don't know. And that's it. We have to go with the confidence that what we're doing is important and be willing to take up space to do it. I, I... it's huge. I launched a couple classes before we met, you know, I put in, I would say probably the same amount of work filming all that. It was good content. I will still sell those classes with confidence, but I did not have launch strategy or anything like that. And part of the reason was I did not feel like I was able to talk about myself, you know, social media, emails, whatever it would be. I was under the mindset that it was like, well, they don't want to hear about it. I already talked about it once. Once is enough. I I don't want to be a bother to people. It was such this attitude of making myself smaller. But the problem is when we take up the space that we are designed to take up, we can affect change on other people. We don't know who we're going to affect by even telling them that there's a course to be had. It's okay that they don't buy it. But if they don't know about it, they can't buy it, you know? So, Making yeah. Up space. Yep. Oh, Brooke. It's, it's the idea there. And it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Because you say, oh, well, I don't want to bother you, but I have this little thing. And if you want to buy it, you might want, I mean, but, you know, sorry for the intrusion. That's how so many people feel they've created something beautiful whether it's art or it's a service or it's a course or whatever and they're just so timid about putting it out in the the world that they're not affecting a change right and then on the converse of it is sometimes the only thing people know what to do is to say I have a course do you want to buy it and we're learning a whole different way of communicating now within the remarkable league and within my programs and just as entrepreneurs in general we're like seeing a whole different shift which for me is every time I show up, it's supposed to be in how do I serve? How is what I'm saying and what I'm doing making a difference for the person who's experiencing it? Well, and that and changes everything. It does. And communicating to others of why this is for you. And not in a way of, you know, the old snake salesman of this is for you. You need this product, whatever. It's for you because you don't, it can help in deeper ways. And we need to communicate those deeper ways. Sure. A lot of us are putting out art courses and teaching techniques, but I think the really great art teachers that are out there are doing so much beyond that. It's not just techniques. Art is a way of healing and life and living. So (laughs) that sounds so like it's true. It is. I fully believe I fully believe it. How many times have you heard people say that making art is like breathing for me? It is. And we know that that living with creative expression will literally transform how you just even connect with the world. 
This is an important factor. We are creative beings, whether we think we can or not. We are meant to be creative beings. So when we're putting out these courses and we're like thinking about the deeper reason why someone needs this, then, I mean, I mean, believe me, it's valid color, composition, design. These are all important parts of any sort of art course, but what's the deeper purpose? And when we can communicate that the people who need to hear it will hear it. For those who say it's not for me, they'll connect with a different artist and find their path that way. And that's what's beautiful is that we all have a different way and we're all going to connect differently and there's enough for all of us. That's the part that most artists come to me and they're like, but there aren't there so many art courses. I'm like, yeah, and aren't there so many restaurants? Yes. Yes. Great. I mean, it's a great point. And I think there is a artist or creative for everybody and creativity takes on so many different forms. And I think that is a very limited belief of what makes you an artist. At least it was in my life. I did not confidently call myself an artist until a couple years ago. I mean, maybe as recent as two years ago. And that's crazy for me to look back on. I mean, if you just look around my space, I have been creating art since I was a kid, but I did not draw realistically. Somewhere along the line of school, all of that, I I could not draw realistically, therefore not an artist. Somehow, for some reason, that is the belief that stuck. And we never, we don't always know exactly why that belief stuck, but it was so stuck in my head. And now people you know, maybe they look at my work and say, well, I couldn't do that. Or they look at your work and they say, oh, but I can't do what Kelly does. Well, the comparison just kills all of us because none of us can do what the other person does because we can do what we do, no matter how that is. And creativity can be even that you enjoy reading. I think that's a creative outlet because you imagine things in your mind. So to stop that limiting belief, I think is so important too. And I think it goes back to how I would launch my courses in the past. I would state, list out what was in the course. You know, it's it's five hours worth of content. It's this technique and this technique and this technique, which is important. People need to know what they're getting, but it goes so much more beyond that of how can this make you a better creative, a better maker, a better artist and confident in those abilities. Right. Or even just a better human, because when we take the time to make art, we we do that part of us thrives and that makes a difference. But you touched on a really important point, which is somewhere along the line, we all tell ourselves, if I can't draw a straight line or if I can't draw realistically, I'm not an artist or who am I? You know, I'm I'm a quilter. Is that really art? But you know what? The truth of the matter is creativity does come in so many forms photography singing dancing I don't know clay like they're just like creativity and art being an artist it does come in like a million different forms so we're going to connect differently with different teachers and and instructors on the on the internet that we come across but we're also going to connect with our creativity in different ways and when we can get past those hurdles and we find the right person putting that little bug in our ear that says yes you are you're worthy of doing this you should be doing this too it is revolutionary if you really think about it the most audacious thing to do is to be creative and to be an artist in this world well and I think a lot of people that are maybe more cerebral or you know they they think more or they are in careers that are more be more scientific whatever 
those people still have creativity too. And I right. fully confident say that my dad was an engineering major. He's a doctor now, but he also has his master's in photography. So, I mean, he is one of the most like logical thinking people I know, but at the same time, he has the art. Now we don't all need to aspire to that level of having our doctorate and multiple things, but right. I, just, I think it's a great example of, we all have a piece of creativity in us and it's okay if one thing did not resonate. You know, maybe you did try painting at some point and it was just wasn't for you. And now you have that belief. Oh, I don't like anything creative. Well, that's okay, but we can try different things and I bet something will connect and even help you then in your daily life of being a more logical, I'm not saying that, in a career that makes you do an office job or whatever it is, I bet it will right, help more you. We can say more traditional. Tradition, traditional, yes. Yeah, traditional you. career yes. paths. And here we are, a, a group of artists that gather together who are very non-traditional. Mm. If you think about most of the people we're connecting with on the internet, I want to kind of like just shift a little bit because I, I, for sure, this podcast is for artists and creatives to stay inspired. But it's also from the business point of view is how do we take up that space? How do we communicate this more? How do we find our value in ourselves that what we have to put out there in a business sense is worthy? Mm -hmm. Where has the shift been for you in the last year from that timid, maybe I'll just put it out once and say, I've got this course to, you know what, what I really am hoping the shift has been for everyone in, in my programs is I'm an owner of a business. I'm not just a creative that has some, you know, income driving activities, right? There's a total mindset shift to become the boss. Mm, that is a great point. And I think the timidness came from a life of being told I am too loud. I, I am too bossy. I know you relate to, with me on this, Kelly. Absolutely. Uh, this is like the pain of my part. <laughs> you are a drama queen and it all has to be about you. Even in times where it was like, I did not want to be the center of attention, but nobody else was talking and somebody needed to get everyone together. You know, it it's like, <laughs> and then throughout the years, I conditioned myself to be quiet, to not be seen, to all of these things. And so my timidness in it is still very much ingrained in me, and it always will be. Now, I come alive when I'm talking to people that have like-minded things, like with you. Like, I don't think we were strangers from the very beginning. Right. And when you said I was kind of shy, you were like, excuse me? I don't think so. <laughs> But I, that's where the timidness comes comes from. So that is easy for me to understand. Now, the shift came from, it's not an expensive hobby anymore. My goal from the beginning was just to pay for the art supplies that I used, which is, it's a great goal. If that's what you want it to be, then have it be that. But when I started to see money come in, even a tiny bit, the power that it gave me in a way of self-confidence, of I don't have to rely on somebody else. I want to be in a partnership. I am happily married. That sounds like I, you know, want to be all on my own. It doesn't. I want to want to rely on him. I don't want to have to. Right. The, exactly. The, the ability that came in on my heart when it was like, oh, 
the, the big things that we want in life? You mean that I could provide them for us? Oh, how cool is that? You know, that vacation I want to go on? You mean I could pay for that? That is so cool. Like, it comes in so many forms, that shift that came. And when that confidence started to come in, and when I started to see that I was touching other people's lives, that gave me more confidence. That gave me the ability to say, I'm taking up my space right now, and it's a good thing. And I want to continue to go down that path. Ah, you got it. Like, this is so me too, but have you seen the video going around right now with Miley Cyrus? It's an old SNL and it's like making a new surface of her singing Santa Baby. And in the end, Mm. she's like, I'll buy my own stuff. Like, (laughs) the whole song was buy me a diamond ring, buy me a car, buy me this. And she's like, I'll buy my own stuff. Like, I totally relate and it took me two more decades from your Mm. age to finally connect with the fact that I'm grateful to be a wife and a mother but my true confidence started growing when I was able to be a business owner and it shifted everything about how I felt about myself and so when people are like money it's not important you know like if you're doing it for money I'm like it's not the money per se but it's the contribution I'm making by making Mm. money. Well, and then the ripple effect that you can have from that. It's a share quote where her mom would tell her, don't marry a rich man. And then she was like, mom, I am a rich man. Like, I I know that's not verbatim, but I love love it because it's like, yes, we can aim for things. And I think everything has a place, but how much confidence does it give you to say, no, I am the rich man. I can be the one that changes and have the power to change things in the world that we want to see changed. If we want small businesses to be what lights up our economy and everything, well, then with our money, I can pay somebody that's a small business. I can buy all my Christmas gifts from small business owners. I can enact that change that I want to see. Right. And that's where the the power of that money comes in. Right. So when we shy away from taking up space or making an income, what we're forgetting is, is that space and, and money and creativity are unlimited. We're Mm. not taking away from anybody else when we show up and do the thing we're meant to do. We're not taking Mm. away space from anyone else when Mm. we show up online. We're not taking away money from anyone else when we make money. Other people can still make just as much. How many billionaires can there be in this world? We already know there's too many, but it's unlimited how many. It's unlimited how much creativity. And when I create, is anyone ever say, because I know everyone listening to this as, as if you're creative, you're artist, you never say that every time I make art, it's taking away from somebody else to make art. No. And in fact, when then you share it, you are confident enough to share it. Even the bad stuff, it's going to inspire other people. Right. It's, it's like when people ask me for suggestions of, do you, do you a have a class or a video that teaches that? And if not, do you have a suggestion? I never hesitate to bring up another artist's name and say, go support them. And I know some people that's kind of a taboo thing. And 
I think that comes from a lack of self-confidence of saying, oh, you have to watch my stuff. You have to do that. And it's great if you do. But honestly, if I suggest something great to you, another great artist, doesn't that just want them to come back to me from either more suggestions or to watch my stuff? I mean, it all comes back right. around. Abundance it, it, begins it abundance. Exactly. Instead of coming from a lack mentality when we show up on the internet or we make our offers or we connect with other people, it's like, you know what? I might not have the right offer for you, but I can suggest other people, and including how we show up online and when we're connecting through social media. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, someone else has made work. I have literally, there are other people who have taken my idea of the grid journal. In fact, you did it as well. That's probably the reason I found you. Right. And they're sharing it and they're making it. And have I ever once said, hey, wait a minute, I'm the one who put the grid journal. I literally made the name grid journaling. I don't know where it came from, but I own the domain even. It's like I could own my stamp on grid journaling and and stop other people from sharing or creating or making. And yet what I did was just say, less and release, more the merrier, the more we're making, the more we're creating, the more we're sharing, the more courses, there's more successful business entrepreneurs I can go. Like you can hear that like feverish excitement in it me. It just right gets excited in you. I, I, because I don't want anyone to ever think that I'm like gatekeeping the knowledge mm-hmm. or the ability. Like I believe people come to me because they want to be in my circle, not because I have answers that no one else has. I'm pretty sure if you were to look up on YouTube, you could find a good method for doing your marketing. You'll understand niching. You can figure out how to do a launch. But can you do them from the point of view that I create and the environment and energy that I create? No, but if you like my energy, come to me. If you like someone else's, go to them to learn what you're doing. And that's the same with art courses. It's the same with anything that we're connecting with. We take up the space we need to take up. Like, I love that idea being brave enough to take up space and then we have to trust in the abundance of the universe of the world of the earth however you want to think of it that it's ever giving that if we show up with that kind of kind generosity it'll just keep growing and and it'll grow for other people too Absolutely. Yeah. I think a good rule of thumb, at least for me, is if I'm not willing to let it go a bit, I won't share it then yet. Right. Uh, I will take the time in private to sit with the idea longer and that's okay too. But I feel like I'm very abundant in what I share with people because I love if they can take something of mine and develop it even further go with a new direction. We all have our own unique set of experiences and abilities that we can take something and make it our own. And I think that's with business too. You can go and see, and then we all come at things a little bit differently. Even us in our program, I think in the Remarkable League, most, a lot of us came in thinking, oh man, There's how many of us and we're all doing the exact same thing. How is that going to work? Within a week, if not sooner, we were all like, wow, we're doing completely different things. And it's not free. And the community that we've built and the support that we've had with each other is amazing because we want to lift each other up. I think it goes back to our society and it's gotten better, but I know throughout the decades, 
women have been pitted against other women. People have been pitted against other people. Humans against humans. When in reality, if we can lift one up, doesn't that just rise us up too? Like it's, as you're saying, it's not just like a scale and one up, one down. It's, we can all like raise together, which is such like a almost goosebumps type of feeling. But it's, but it's, it is, we can all improve and get better and do more and share more. Yeah. Well, I'm with you on that. How do you get to the point of having the kind of confidence to feel that way though? You know, like if we, again, we talk about where you were then and where you are now, and obviously just the community that we've built together in the Remarkable League and your success, your growing success, because you're still on the pathway up with your business has contributed to it. But how do you get from lack to abundance to where you are now? Hmm. That's a great question. I feel like I've always wanted to share a lot, like almost that word vomit of like, I can't even keep it to myself. I want, I want to get it all out. I want to share it with the world. I think it came the, the more I saw myself connecting with people, the more people I didn't know that said, Hey, this is really cool. Or, um, this is really great. I mean, I've had great family around me that has been like, Oh, that's really cool. But a family will tell you anything that you want to hear. Right. You know, a a good family member. And so it did come a little bit with being vulnerable enough to put myself out little by little and saying, you know, see what comes of it. And it came from me deciding that I was going to share every day for a year. And that wasn't share every day. If it goes well, that wasn't share every day. If I get so many likes, I mean, my first posts were getting, I like, if I got, I remember when I was so excited, when I got 50 likes on a post, when I got to a hundred likes on a post, Oh my goodness, I was so excited. I don't think my benchmark ever really like went so far beyond that. If I get a hundred now, I'm like, oh, that's really great. Or if I get like 20, it's like 20 people that I don't know said, I like what you're doing. And that's like really cool. You know, you know, we get in this numbers world and I'm guilty of it too, because I like to see the stats and I like to see this and that but you have to look about it in real terms. If you had 20 people in front of you that you don't know that came up to you one by one and said, Hey, that's cool. I like it. Oh my goodness. Your day, your week, your month would be made. So to kind of go back into those terms and it came from being willing to share little by little committing Mm -hmm. myself to it's okay that that post didn't quite relate or that that photo didn't relate and that's not even getting into the algorithm or, or whatever that's just a being willing to put yourself out there on a consistent basis and i think after doing that it was kind of okay if a post flopped you know even now it's like oh that's okay there's tomorrow yeah. there's a new post there's a new email there's a new youtube video whatever it is but the willingness to keep going is uh. Commitment. And that's part of it is making the commitment to show up. What do you do, Brooke, when it's more than just a post that fails? There's maybe, you know, the industry overall is generally speaking very kind and loving, but not everyone's been kind and loving to you, Brooke. How do you continue to pick yourself up even when like friction happens, when behind the scenes, maybe things that people haven't seen or known about 
are really, it, it, maybe other people who are coming from that lack of abundance place where they feel like there's only so much in this world. So they push you down. How do Honestly, you, how did you move on past that? It's hard. It, it's not easy. And, um, the, a big instance happened early on for me. And so I was still, I didn't have this confidence. I didn't have this. And when it comes from somebody that you idolize, it's hard. I think it's an important lesson not to idolize people and to get to know people and the people that you get to know can then help you through it. Like I will deal with ups and downs in my life all the time. It is part of who I am. It's part of mental health. But when it comes from an outside force, I think that is very difficult when it is somebody saying you're not good enough or stop doing that or whatever the case may be. I think it is difficult to keep going. I think you have to then take it and little by little recommit to putting yourself out there. Little by little, share yourself again. And um, I think over time, it can heal. I know a great thing for me has been to build up this community of really loving, amazing artists and business owners. And I did not have a community before of like-minded business owners and artists and creatives. And so to have that now where they're like, you know, that's not an okay thing for people to put you down or whatever. It helps to have a little tribe behind you, beside you that yeah. say, hey, it's okay. We're with you and we're supporting you. Yeah, we so do I everything from a place of abundance, generosity, giving, support, love. There's enough, an enoughness in this world. So- I try to strip down the barriers of fear or lack in our group. And because I, I expect so much of, you know, loving and kindness, we have the most loving and kind people in a group together I have ever seen. I think there's no friction among us. There's only support. There's, I like, I really believe that if I can keep putting this energy out there, those are the kind of people who are going to keep coming in the circle and that's rising us all up. It's like, um, it's like a dream come true for me to have people I... like you, Brooke and Robin Marie and Kat and like everyone in this group. And then now beyond with my extended programs that I keep creating like I'm meeting the most amazing people and it is one of the things that I teach right from the beginning is when you fear when you have this fear of lack that if I put this artwork out there someone might steal it if I put this idea out there someone might steal it or I own and this is the part that I have a real hard time with I own that idea that way of grid journaling, that way of book binding. You can't really own something that's been always. There is nothing new under the sun. We put our own twist, our own turn on it. We let it go. And we're going to create art courses we have to especially expect. People are going to take those ideas and make them their own. And once we get past that, the fear level just drops. It's like, okay, fine. They're going to do their thing. I'm guessing that people who steal, if you will, an idea and put it on the internet or they want to put you down and tell you not to do something because they own it. Like they're all people that are coming from a hurt place or a fearful place. So if we as a group can get to, a, to this like energy level of there's enough for all of us and there's even enough for us to take up space, like you're saying. 
and that we yeah. can continue to do that and it will just grow in goodness. Mm. So then what do we see? Well, I see more success than I would have ever imagined in the programs that I'm running because I always want to work with this underlying message of service and abundance. Always. Mm. Well, and isn't it, if we are putting out art into the world, don't we want to see it then from others? Don't we want to have that? So, and I have to go back to even to be included among the names that you mentioned. Wow. Is that like an honor for me? And like, these are people that I have looked up to for a very long time. So that's a little bit of a like surreal moment there, (laughs) but going back onto I fully believe 100% what you put out into the world will come back to you. Now, there are those outliers. There are times that something sneaks through that is hurtful or coming from a different sort of place, a different source. Our minds play tricks on us that tell us that those are the times in the majority. When in reality, the times in the majority are what we are giving out is coming back to us. We have a way of focusing on the negative, on the things that have hurt us because they affected us to a deep level. It takes one hurtful comment, I think probably to equal a thousand good ones. And how silly is that? But that's a very common thing. And you hear that across industries whenever you're putting yourself out there that those negative comments will sneak through but if we can find a way to have the good things the things that we're putting out and receiving back way more than the bad things then that's great and and if we don't respect that person's opinion or even know who they are why are we giving what they say wait it's easier said than done it's a learning for all of us but I like to come back to that logical way of thinking a little bit because it does help my emotional side where it's like well I wouldn't take their advice on a b and c so why am I taking what they say at all exactly exactly so you know, it's not an exclusive club that I run here, Brooke, because I am very honored that, you know, the the Drew Steinbreckers and, and whatnot of the world have come to me for support and help. But I'm just as honored when, when the, maybe the lesser known names have come and been part of the group. The only thing I'm looking for is commitment to yourself and to the greater good. And once that happens, the doors are open for anyone who has that kind of energy. And that's why, and, and you're among us now. It's not like there, there's tears of importance or special or ability. It's really honest when we tear it all down and we look at it that way. And like, it just changes everything. And that's something to be said about you and the people that have worked with you. I have never felt that it was different tears. I have felt all along that these are my colleagues it doesn't matter that they've been in the business for 20 years and earned a thousand times more than me whatever I have felt from the beginning that these are people who want to help and in return I have different viewpoints that I can offer too and that's kind of a fun thing to realize too that it's like hey I do have something to offer these people that I have looked up to. I do have something to offer. And I think it's about finding that value within ourselves that we all have things to offer in the world of business, in the world of art, in in the world. <laughs> the world. In the world. In the yeah. world. <laughs> I love that you bring 
to the table for us is a, a, a good connection to the pulse of what's going on in business. You're paying attention to the kinds of softwares and, and trends and, and just techniques and ideas that maybe, I don't know, some of us in the older generations are a little slow to adopt, but I love that you bring that and, and a clear knowledge of like just how to make things run smoothly when it comes to certain parts of tech and even your handle on communication, like you said, you've taken the big leap towards putting yourself out there a lot more. And I love that. I want to shift a little bit now to like what, what we've been through in the time that we've been working together and the programs that you're working on and how the, the league actually has helped you develop that. And the philosophy that I am now adopting, which is live launch something, try a beta version of it before you go all in and record it and edit it and put the whole thing together. And you've just spent six months of your life. And then you find out that it wasn't the right thing after all, which I have personally done more than one time. And so now I'm seeing the value and saying, hey, let's test this before we go. And you've done that. And several other people in the group have done that. And I want to hear your hot take on it. Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I've worked on since you and I started together is getting my beta run of my masterclass up and running and it's finished now. I've already completed it. And I have been thinking about this class for a very long time and putting it together. And I did have a very specific order of events, a process to go through. So for me, that wasn't as important. I knew the information that needed to be included. And from feedback from my students, I didn't miss much of anything in it. So for me, that was, that was a um, validifying moment for me of, hey, you do think through things pretty well. You do have an ability to like, to, to think how your students would think and what they need to learn. The biggest thing, it has given me so much confidence. The reviews that I've gotten back from people saying that this is the best class that they've taken, that they've never gotten individual feedback from a teacher before, and they didn't even think that they ever would, or that they have grown and they've regained the ability to play and to focus on their art and to try new things, that they're brave enough to try new things and trust their artistic intuition. Those type of things, those comments, when I have a bad day, honestly, I go back and read some of those things. <laughs> and it, it validifies for me of, hey, you're you're on the right path. You are helping people. And I now have the confidence when I come out and open the doors in January that the right people will come. And if I've done my work and I've told people about it and all of this, the right people will come. And I am confident that they will be happy with the product that they are getting. Now, if I had just say I had launched it and, you know, put in the, the work for all the lessons and still done a good launch, all of this, there would be a question in the back of my mind of, Ooh, am I doing enough? Am I giving enough? Am I, what, what more do I need to be doing versus now when I launch it, I'm very confident with how things are going to go. Of course, there'll be adjustments along the way. That's life. But what I'm putting out there, I'm proud of. And that confidence boost and that self-assurance is 
a very important thing to have. And I don't think it's a cockiness or an ego thing. And I know that I'm not for everybody and not everyone's interested, but those that I do resonate with, I am very confident that they will be happy, which is a big yes. thing to say. No, it's, it's a you. great thing. You should say that because we can design everything around our business. We can do amazing marketing. We can make beautiful graphics. But if the product sucks, then we're not going to be able to grow our business. And we only want to put out great products, right? And that's why running through the process live on Zoom with with a, you know, I think you had almost 50 people for that for, or more than 50 people for that first run. 55, I believe. And yeah, I, I, I wanted only 50. So I let in a few extra people. It was great. I will say it's kind of funny for people when I tell them what my goal for them for the class is. For those that don't know, this is a journal making class. And um, I go into all my different techniques of journals and all of that. If you That's know my work. comprehensive you know, masterclass yeah. on journal making. You will like from <laughs> the pages to the cover, to the binding, to the ele elements, yeah. the, the embellishments and all of that. But the most important is. So, so to go check that out. But it's not for them to come away with a journal, which it's a journal making class. Isn't that the point, Brooke? Well, I tell people that I want them to come away with other things. I want them to be confident in their work and to be willing to say what if and to play and to, you know, grab random elements and put them together in new and unexpected ways and to hand stitch and all of this. So it sounds really kind of silly that my goal for them is not to come away with the journal. If they get so inspired in week two and they spend the next 10 weeks in that week two, you know what? I've done my job because I've inspired them and they've gone deep dive. Now they can go back and watch everything later, but but my my goal is then done if if they can come away feeling better than they came into it and more confident. Yeah, well, that's beautiful to know that the goal for them is a transformation and not just a finished product, which yeah. is really the ideal type of a course or program to run. Um, really thinking about how the customer's journey is going to be and what they're going to gain from it and self self there I am tripping up over my word self confidence <laughs> and all of that when you ran the live version I would just want to clarify for um, our listener podcast listeners what a, what I talk about running a beta version is to make an offer to the audience that you have hoping from anywhere from like a handful of five people to maybe 50 who will come in and run through the course with you live. Um, and in your case, yes, you pre-recorded a bunch of things because that's just your nature, but that's not necessary in order to do a test run. Well, the reason why I suggest this is because we're going to get the kind of feedback we need. One of the things you learned is running through it in four weeks is definitely not enough time. Ooh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm, I hope 12 weeks will be enough time. That's right. how much content is in it. So right. yes, that was a huge learn. Yes. Right. And another thing that, that you came away with is understanding how important the deeper connections are and the feedback that you can give, which you didn't even know that you were going to do that, but that was in that process of connecting with them that you were inspired. And so now you have new elements and components of making your final offer. Well, well nothing's ever final, but you know what the, the official launch and not the beta version of it, 
being more comprehensive and more unique and more special in a lot of ways because you went through the process of learning. Uh, when I suggest doing beta launches, I say do it a, at a lower price point than what your final outcome is supposed to be so that, you know, they're going to get the best of you because they're going to get the more attention than you'll probably ever have time for when you run a beta test. But also they're your guinea pigs, let's be honest. And and I've been running through my first run of Build It Remarkable, which is a same but different of the Remarkable League, which is coaching, but on a higher, a bigger group format of some of the same principles. And I'm getting the feedback just like you. I'm running it live. I'm seeing the pitfalls. I'm seeing the struggles, but I'm seeing the success and I'm getting the feedback. And this is something that, I didn't do the first, like for my own business, I didn't do that for a long time with the art courses. And I didn't even coach other people to do it. Not every single situation requires that. If you're just putting out a low ticket art course, sure, film it, put it out there, get it going. But for a program that's gonna be more comprehensive, that might be a higher price point, instead of investing all of your time in, we, we design it first run it and then record it and put it all together and launch it. Yes. And I think you were saying, yes, I did record stuff, but that's, that's besides the point. That's just who I am by nature. But I think for a lot of us that have run betas in the group, because there's several of us now that have done it. The big thing that we've come back to is returning to some of those things from our past the live elements are so important mm -hmm. the community that we we are building the community is some of the favorite parts of some of the people that have taken my class they've literally said the the friendships and the connections and the encouragement yeah. that i've received has been the biggest part for me and i don't know how much focus i would have put on that if i had just run the course outright i've lived in a very tech world, I would say, compared to some that are in the art business that are an older generation than me. I Social media has been a part of my life. I mean, at least since a teenager, I've always had social media, right. you know, and so that is different. That is a different aspect that I'm coming from. And so to have videos recorded, that just seems like a no brainer. Like that's easy. Right. And I'm still going to be doing that, but to incorporate those live elements of you know, going in person to take a class. I've been lucky to take some um, retreat type classes in person and man, nothing will stick with me more than those times. Right. And so my big goal has now been after realizing how important those are again, like reminding myself of how do I bridge the gap between in-person experiences and online? How can we get that community back? I will forever be a cheerleader for online because people, I have people all over the world in my classes. And how would I have that opportunity if it was only in person? So there are so many benefits, but I think we need to remember the benefits of in-person too. And so to find those ways has been one of the biggest takeaways too from my beta run. I think that's one thing that we're all coming to a realization. Now, speaking of in-person, we just got to meet in person in October. Oh, yes. For me, was my first time organizing my own in-person event. I've done, well, I shouldn't say first time. I used to run gallery shows all the time. But for <laughs> this coaching capacity, um, it was the first time running an in-person event where we came from different parts of the U.S. and gathered together in Annapolis 
everyone from the Remarkable League. Not everyone could make it. I, I loved that our European contingent all met in Scotland with Susan McCreevy. So we really can experience now and see, especially after those couple of years of the Rona, uh, how important still this human connection is. And yes, you're right. There's a place for online. In fact, there's a place for evergreen classes for those who just want to get it, get the info, move on. But I love that we're making a big shift towards creating a deeper connection with our customers, with our community, and giving them an experience and not just another to-do, right? Because mm-hmm. an art course that you're self-pacing through, like I said, there's a time and a place for it. There are times where I just want to get in and binge through the whole thing, learn what I need to learn and move on. But there are mm-hmm. other times where I need an experience. Mm-hmm. And it's, and that's, that's not just art courses. That's, you know, I take a lot of business courses because I'm a nerd like that. But I look, sometimes I'm like, I need to learn how to run Facebook ads. I don't need a community around it. But there are other times where I'm like, okay, I need the camaraderie, just like you do with the Remarkable League. I need the camaraderie of other people in business who have big dreams and aspirations because who we surround ourselves with lifts us up to that place we want to be. So whether it's in art, creating a community, if it's in business, and especially for entrepreneurs who most of us are from home, right? Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about this before we turned the cameras on for for this podcast was, you know, I'm home all the time as an entrepreneur. I'm at my desk, I'm in my studio, I'm on the couch with the dogs at my laptop or whatever, but we need to be able to get out of the house and make connections. For me, online has been the best place to find other entrepreneurs that are doing what I do. Not in my community, unfortunately. No. Literally in my neighborhood, I don't know anyone else who runs their own business, but um, at least a creative online business. We have a few that might run tech businesses around here, but I don't connect to that. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it is, it's finding our community and finding the people. And we were saying of, you know, getting out of the house. And for me, it's just being around people somewhat because my happy place is by myself at home in my studio. So it's kind of a forcing myself to remember what it's like to be out in public and that it can be an okay thing for me to do, you know. But I remember that first night when we were together in Annapolis and I was kind of like looking around surreal. Like these are that I've been talking to online and the amazing thing is it there wasn't awkwardness though like my my surreal like I did need to take a couple minutes to be like okay this is happening this is real life but there wasn't an awkwardness of like a getting to know you like we've been able to connect through online through the internet through um so that is that's an amazing thing but the connection then that was made is incredible. So to be able to find people and I do get people and I think everybody that offers a higher ticket item, well, why would I pay for that when I can get a year's worth of art classes for a third of that price? Well, that's great. If you want to do that and you want to dabble in a lot of different techniques and different artists, please go take that that class. Now, if you want to deep dive into something and you want to build a community of artists and you want to have people around you supporting you and you want to have a teacher that gives you feedback, then I'm the right choice for you. And it it doesn't have to be an either or. Maybe it's them right now and me later or me right now and them later. I understand that there are 
budgetary um, confines to life. That that is life. But you have to you have to decide what's the most important for you right now. Do you need right. that community or do you need just techniques? And there's no right or wrong answer there. You just have to determine it for yourself. I think even in business, there's a mindset shift, which brings us back to when I met you, having you realize what your potential was and the mm -hmm. investment in that, you know, like we think sometimes like, why would I spend the money on myself? Well, why would you hold yourself back from that next level that you want to get to, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and it comes that you may not even know what the next level could be. That's and you need right. for that. Yes. Cause you and I were talking the other day and it was like, I saw a path for myself. I thought craft bears would be really cool. I still think they would be really cool, but a, <laughs> a ton of work. And yeah. I saw myself putting out a ton of art classes and this and that. And some of those things are still in my mind, but I did not see another way to make money besides that. I did not know potential beyond that. And so to be opened up to a world of possibility has allowed me to dream things that I thought, well, that's good for other people, but I could never do it. Like, and now it's like, well, why can't I do it? Like, that's, why not me? <laughs> that click right there, that shift has been one of the coolest things. And it even happened for me too, where it's like, you know, I struggled for a long time trying to find my footing on how I could make money with my creativity because I've always wanted to have my own business but selling art. And I didn't understand a lot of the principles, but so I tried so many things, but when it, and I knew eventually it would work. I knew it because in my gut, like I'm not quitting until I figure it out. Like mm -hmm. it's just not an option. The only way I'm going to fail is by quitting. That was just me from the get go, which meant that it took a while, but once it did and the money came and then other things would happen. It's like, oh, I can make this happen by the actions that I take. And some might call that manifesting, but I think of it as a little bit of woo and work. It's like, you have to believe once you're in that space of energy and then you take the actions, then like unbelievable how much you think is possible. I no longer, like, I remember one day, well, I'm like, dad, one of these days, you know, my dad's an artist and we'd talk business all the time. He was always an artist and entrepreneur. I'm like one of these days, my goal is to just make six figures. And he's like, but why just six figures? I'm like, okay, how about as much as my husband makes? I just want to make as much as my husband makes. And he goes, why are you limiting yourself? Why not a million dollars? I'm like, whoa, a million dollars? Well, that comes with too much work and responsibility and people who have money, they're not good people. And why would I want to do that? It'll ruin my relationships. It'll ruin, like all of these mindsets about what success, money, effort, just putting yourself out there would mean. And then once the shift happens and I'm watching this happen in you and I'm watching it happen. And I'm like, some of the stories even told yesterday on call, you mm -hmm. know, where people are looking at, Oh wait, I could afford a house. Oh, right. I could afford I'm, I can get the trainer. I can get the this. I can do these things. I have the potential to pave my own path. And once that unlocked in my mind, like, okay, wait a minute. You just went from making no money to making $80,000 in one year. And that was my first year. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I see. So why would mm -hmm. I limit myself? And now I'm like a million dollars, $10 million. Yeah. And not so that it's this to me has nothing to do with greed or I need to have it all. 
because now I see money as just a tool. So I'm not afraid of it and I'm not afraid of the effort. And I know that it can be easy with the right systems in place. But once you, it's literally, it's like, okay, I could literally imagine bringing people together and then it happened and I made the virtual art summit and I made it this big, huge thing. And I'm like, my mind is a powerful thing. And I think it's widening our perspectives. And I love that your dad helped you do that. I had great people to look up to in life, but I did not have any women that were in business or that really even worked outside the home. Right. And they are amazing women. And I always thought I was kind of a failure because I was not good at house cleaning. I, I hate cooking. All of these things that made great people in my mind, I was not good at. And so it's taken widening my perspective and seeing the world in a new way and saying, well, they, he can make money. She can make money. Why can't I make money? And why can't I provide? Why can't I do those things? And I love what you said, woo and work, because I've always viewed it in my head of manifesting through action. It's right. Manifesting is great. And sometimes we don't even know what we should be manifesting. But if we can put action behind that, that's where we get right. to it. It's vulnerability through commitment. It's all oh of my goodness. Things. Yes. No, it's continuing to be vulnerable. Even when we did get comments that were like, why are you doing that? Why? That's right. not good. Whatever. And it's like, How's you know what? How's a little art job of yours going? Oh, take more than a doctor, but let's not talk about that. I know. I said that the other day. I still, a lot of people still in my life. How's that little art hobby business going for you? And it's like, hmm. Yeah, I usually just agree. my time to explain it. <laughs> I don't need to prove anything, though, because I finally nope. came to the point where I don't feel the need to tell anybody anything about anything unless they're curious. And for the most exactly. of the ones that don't get it, it's just like the art is just going fine. Thank you very much. I'm the same way. Coming out, but, you know, never, yeah. never mind that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Vulnerability manifesting but the honest truth about it the way I see it is is you know when people are like you know I don't I like her vibe our vibe is our energy and the energy right. we put out attracts like energy and so this isn't meant to be like to you know like it is spiritual in a sense but it's not meant to be like supernatural it really right. just is if you believe it, you're more likely to be able to take the actions and make it happen. If you don't believe it, you're going to be limiting yourself over and over and over again. You'll limit yourself from showing up online. You'll limit yourself from taking the next step. You'll limit yourself from making a good income. Like I was doing when I'm like, well, if I could just crack the code and make a few dollars just to alleviate, you know, the family household budget. And then next I'm like, wait a minute, what if I made enough money that we retire as millionaires? Mm -hmm. And then my kids never have to worry about taking care of their parents. And I can take care of my parents because they are not millionaires. And I have enough money when somebody needs something in my family, I'm there mm -hmm. to be able to help create more safety and security. My husband's already done that for 25 years. Why should it all be on his shoulders? Right? Right. Right. Well, Why, I want to, like you said, I can, I can be part of the one that's contributing. Yeah. I can say, guess what? I can help pay for the truck. Yeah. I can help take us on a vacation. I can yeah. help pay for the new roof that needs to go on. It's like when expenses grow 
and then you see your income grow beyond that you're like oh finally a little bit of freedom a little mm -hmm. bit of relief ah oh, so yeah. much better yeah well, I want to bring up two points. It is the the energy and the vibes that we put out there. But for those out there that are thinking, well, I don't have that much energy to put out or the vibes to put out, it's not always easy. And it may come across what we put out there on social media. You have to remember that it's behind a filter. It's behind the, um, you know, I've, I made sure that it's good enough to put out or whatever, as much as we try to release those barriers when we post online. And I, I do, I try to show the realistic side as much as I show the good side, but that, of course, that doesn't always happen. Just remember that there are days behind this entrepreneurship that are hard. There um, are days where we are questioning, why are we even doing this? There are right. those days. And so if even though you don't see them and you're out there and you're wondering if this is for you, if you could do it, it's okay. There are up and down days and that is life. Oh, and so point. please remember, because I was one of those too, that it was like, well, I don't have energy all, all the time. I do have fatigue. I do have these things. So you have to find ways that work around. And those are all just strategies that you have to find what works for you. The other thing well, that it is you a said, roller coaster though. And oh you're right. Goodness. We have our ups and downs. It's the yeah. willingness that even when it's down, we're we're willing to climb back up again mm -hmm. and not quit. Well, and that's where you need to commit to yourself ahead of time. Throughout right. that year that I posted every day, you better believe there was days and times that I was like, why is why am I even showing up? But you do have to find commitments that are within reach that are doable, but still push you in a way that helps you to keep going. The other thing you were saying of like, why does he have to provide it all relief on his shoulders? I have to say one thing with mine and my husband's relationship, he has been the one to bring home the income and through times of me not being able to work in different circumstances that just fell on him. And now I'm bringing in a little bit and I can see relief feel for him a bit. Mm -hmm. I can see some of that. Pre I mean, there's nothing steady income wise yet. I'm still in the beginning stages, but already I can kind of see that pressure release from his shoulders. And for him to think like, oh, the next house could have this, or we could go on that vacation or whatever it may be. And man, has that been good to feel for me personally and given me more confidence, even in our own marriage and relationship of knowing I'm on the right track of, yes, there are days that are very hard and days that, you know, he doesn't really want to yeah. be around because I'm stressed or whatever. <laughs> it is worth it because I'm helping financially in our relationship now. Like we were fine before and he was okay. He never complained about being the one to bring home the money. But oh, let me tell you uh, something, Brooke. Yeah. I look forward to the day when you're making more than him. Me too. Me and too. And he never to me too. He always jokes. He's like, I, I cannot wait to retire so that I can just cook and clean for you. And it's like, that's oh, exactly what David says yeah. all the time. I'm like, babe, sorry, you still have to finish your retirement because yeah. you get a, a nice, you know, the health care, the retirement. Yeah, right. Just in, and I promise you, when you get to 10 yeah. more years, when you get to that point, yeah. You don't have to do anything forever yeah. for the rest of your life. You just get yeah. to play with the dogs, okay? Yeah. 
Well, and he never would. He'd be so bored. But I would I love know. it if he can get to a point where he can focus on his woodworking. He can focus on his more artistic side and his creative side because he does have one too. It just doesn't always get to come out because he has to go to work, you know? So we exactly. are both looking forward to this day where we can have some of the other things paid for and the chores that bog us down yeah. can be saved a little bit. So. Yeah. How fun is that? It's this huge huge shift to, to realize, and I'm I'm in the same boat as you having been a stay at home mom for almost Mm. the entire time of our married and parenthood life. And I know many others who are artists were also in that position and you're a stay at home wife. You were not a mom and that's okay. But I know many also in our group were in corporate and they're working their way out of having to be in corporate or corporate or teachers or whatever and shifting just how the freedom that they have really, honestly. But I am, I'm very much grateful and in a lot of ways indebted, not, not as in I owe him, but like I'm grateful for the life I had and I'm grateful for the life I have now. And I do feel like it's, for me, one of my greatest joys is to be able to support the family back after all this time Mm. and for the pressure to not be building on his shoulders. Mm. But also I'm pretty damn ambitious. So I'm not quitting until I get there. And where there is, is always another level I want to climb to because I love the process as much as I love the freedom and having the income, but I love the process of building the business of helping people of, I don't even want to call it a game, but just like, it's a wild, wild ride and I'm on it and I'm staying on it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it is finding something that you love enough that you're okay with the parts that kind of suck (laughs) that are not Instagram worthy that you love end result enough that you're doing it and it's not and if it is just about the money you will reach a burnout that you don't even see why it's worth it you have to have the deeper reason behind it and I have so much admiration for the moms out there that are doing this for those that have full-time jobs and that is a whole nother level of obstacles and mindset shifts that you have to change in order to do that so I have so much admiration for those out there and it was a mindset shift of I was just a stay-at-home wife I didn't have the kids even to to say I'm doing that and that comes with other things that we probably don't even have time to fully get in but mental health struggle being hospitalized and doing all those things that's a whole nother struggle in life so I'm I admire those people just as much it's just a different level so yeah you are out there you're not alone there are people out there like you and I went through so many years in life thinking I was alone because I wasn't aware of even what mental health was. I wasn't aware of what these things were. And so I think we can all do something for ourselves and just broaden our perspectives even more. Even if we do think that we know a lot and we know things of the world and whatever, it's okay to, to see things from other viewpoints and to try to expand that in so many different ways. For sure. Look yeah. at us. Look at how much of a of a ripple effect we're making here, Brooke. Man. Man, I love will, it. Oh, yes. 
Okay, so I asked it to you the last time you were on the podcast, but now I'm going to ask it again. My favorite question to ask, and now you have a new perspective. Now you have a whole new experience after, you know, this time of having been in my program and then setting off on your own success path. What are your, what's your big audacious dream? Mm. Well, and I want to start by saying, as I mentioned this yesterday on our call to you, when you asked me that last time I was scared, I had never been asked that before. I had never asked myself that before because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, it it didn't happen. I didn't dream and I didn't know that I could. I didn't know that there were things. So I'm still trying to figure it out a little bit, but I have a, a more of a clear vision now. And we've talked about it already actually a lot here, like today. I want to provide in a way that relieves the stress of my husband, that we are free to go and do these things. I would love to buy a house that has a huge home studio And that maybe has spots that people could come and do retreats in person. I could host people. Oh, how fun would that be to create that community and to have those people? I would love to spread awareness in any way that I can. And that will come even more by committing to be vulnerable, but also just like putting myself out there and having my name be more well-known. It sounds egotistical, but you have to look at the reasons behind it is, I hope to spread the awareness behind it that nobody is alone and there are people like you and there is support. So yeah, tangibly, I don't know. As you said, you have to be willing to take up space. It's not about, you know, it's just what you've got to do in order to get that message out there. Right. Yep. Yeah. So those all things all kind of fall into the big audacious dream. You know, the, the tangible, the house would be great with the retreat and all that. And I have an income goal right now, and I'm hoping that I pass it up within a year or two. I want to make six figures. That is my goal right now. And I'm hoping within a year or two that I'm, you know, multiple six figures, you know, so it's, I want to start smaller and more realistic, but even six figures to me feels like me. I don't think so. You know, I'm still kind of there. So it's still going to take some time, but I'm also, I'm very open at this point to what the future could be and to what the possibilities could be, which is a very fun time in my life where I have not felt open in the past because I didn't think that things were possible for me. So I love it. That's a very, very cool time. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, everyone connect with Brooke BB Henry underscore yes. art correct correct on instagram yes yep. and then bbhenryart.com and you'll find all the other things there you know the blog yeah. classes shop all of that is and do not miss her signature course opening up in january because it is going to be phenomenal you've already mm. tested it and tried it so you know yeah. <laughs> it will be a 12 week guided program but if you are like the kind that want to binge watch it, it will all be available at the beginning or to take part in the community. So I'm trying to appease all the different kinds of learners out there because we all learn differently. So it'll be a good one. If it resonates with you, I hope that you're there. Yeah. Yes, I agree so much. Thank you a million times over, Brooke. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Thank you so much, Kelly. I will talk with you anytime that you'll let me. (laughs) 
All right. See you later.